Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. I don't see why anybody would use ballots. This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community and host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is a Facebook group of patients helping patients navigate the struggles associated with testosterone replacement therapy. We have educational resources at testosteronepodcast.com, including TRT-related clinical studies and a doctor search tool. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. A chemical engineer who, by his own necessity, has become a leading advocate for sports nutrition, supplementation, hormone therapies, and promotion of health and wellness. He's given over 700 lectures, leads a wellness forum with over 55,000 members, has written three books, actually I think it's four, and is now bringing labs to you without a doctor's visit. If you haven't guessed it yet, today's guest, Nelson Virgil. Burning man, let it grow. It doesn't you. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you, Mike. So, okay, it's not too bad. <laughs> well, you've been introed. Um, we're ready to rock and roll. Um, I want to say, like, before we really get going, I think me and you are kind of similar in the fact that we don't, we're not incredibly outgoing people. You know, we don't, um, I, I certainly am not. I like to kind of stick to myself, do my own thing. So, it's always exciting to me whenever I get to talk to you. We've chatted a few times and it's, I love talking to you. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Let's have a good time. Well, thank you. Very nice of you to say. Um, so when we were kind of prepping for this episode, we wanted to, I wanted to kind of stick to the basics. I've always, I've always looked at um, the TRT community as like getting your undergrad degree and then you move on to Nelson and Excel mail, the forums and the Facebook groups. And that's like your, your masters and, and doctorates. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to stick to the basics for the most part. So we came up with some some questions that we're going to kind of throw back and forth and go over. Um, first thing, and I, I've heard a lot of a lot of talk about this recently is Clomid and Clomiphene, uh, HCG, kind of all three. So the first thing, and this came from an Excel mail, or was it a discounted labs video? Um, kind of like a top however many things that your doctor may forget to tell you or that you may end up making a mistake with. So talk to me a little bit about uh, clomiphene along, uh, along or alone or with HCG for fertility. Yeah, yeah. Well, clomiphene uh, or clomid, brand name clomid, is an old drug. Um, yeah, super old, generic. Um, basically prescribed for fertility purposes uh, in men and women because it also helps women ovulate and not only um, helps men produce um, uh, sperm, um, and it really, uh, by by feedback mechanism, it can increase uh, your LH and FSH, uh, which in turn increases testosterone and um, sperm production. And that all sounds beautiful, Um, you know, a pill that you can take. I mean, I would be taking it. I've tried it just for (laughs) the hell of it. 
Um, so it works really well in the younger guys that want to, um, you know, looking forward to getting their their ladies uh, uh, pregnant. So um, because it works, but what I've seen in the last, well, whatever, 30 years or so, is that a lot of those guys don't have the sexual um, drive benefits that testosterone uh, brings. I mean, on paper, they look beautiful. I mean, on paper, you have uh, LH, FSH that is normal. Your testosterone is good. Free testosterone tends to be a little um, lower than normal. Sex hormone binding global increases with Clomid and most oral drugs. So, um, and it's an oral, you don't have to inject. I mean, it's really like the perfect drug, except that um, the sexual drive is not increased at all. Some guys actually feel even a little moodier because they, you know, it is a estrogen receptor blocker per se. So it's, uh, it can actually affect um, mood and all that. So, but I've known uh, guys that are young and uh, that are, have been on it for years and, and swear by it. But most of the, I guess, most of the guys that are on Excel Mail, we have over 41,000 or on my Facebook group, which we have 22,000, uh, really usually use it temporarily when they really need their sperm production to go up because they're looking to have a, a child. But in, in quality of life terms, it is not the drug to go for. Um, but if I was a neurologist or a neurologist and I saw a 21-year-old man come in with a testosterone of 300 and after doing all the workup, I'd probably put him on clomiphene first before even deciding to go uh, for TRT, you know? So there's a good chance that if you were a doctor, you'd probably send them out for another lab test you know, you know how they make us jump through hoops. Well, oh, let's, yeah. let's do one, two, three different lab draws. Um, so the way that I, I usually kind of try to break it down and tell me if you agree is that Clomid is more so for fertility. Um, you may not feel as good as you would even on, on HCG. HCG is, you know, kind of covers the, the fertility, not as good as the Clomid, but you're probably going to feel a little bit better. Do you ever see guys, um, Taking both? Yeah, yeah. I um, Even three, four years ago, we were, there was a lot of chatter about never combine clomiphene and HCG until I started seeing Dr. Ramasamy in urologist in uh, Miami, and even Dr. Lipschultz, another top urologist here at Baylor in Houston, trying to combine them to enhance the effects of, or try to enhance the sex libido issues that Clomid does not provide. Uh, so, uh, and preserving good sperm production. So, and some of uh, the doctors, you know, report actually good results in some guys. Yeah. Uh, some people online may say that you're crazy to provide two products that may increase your estradiol so high. Uh, that's the main criticism, but um, I, I just saw Dr. Lipschultz this weekend. We were at the andrology conference in Dallas where all the andrologists, and andrology basically is testosterone, <laughs> DHEA is an, andro an androgen, but it's mostly testosterone doctors, uh, mostly researchers, not even doctors, not even the prescriber doctors, those are researchers. That, and Dr. Lipschultz, the first, I, I asked him over dinner, say, you're still prescribing clomiphene plus ACG? He said, yeah, yeah. Especially for those that do not have the financial means to, or the insurance or whatever, to access H, uh, FSH. 
So it's, there's nothing like FSH. If you want to really uh, have fertility improved, FSH um, with even with HCG will be the way to go. That's that's gold standard. And then it would be if you're young enough, maybe clomid alone, or if you're complaining about sexual uh, side effects, clomid and HCG. So he has this tier of what he will prescribe depending on your access, your money, and your age. So obviously, it, it depends on all those factors. For sperm production, FSH is a super expensive drug that um, uh, and now it cannot be compounded. FBA uh, battle over compounding and yeah. access. Um, that actually, it's not on my list, but just out of curiosity, what have you heard about the um, the amendments that they're proposing to the telemedicine laws? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's it's kind of concerning. It's being um, the FDA is never been a friend of the compounding industry. Um, I, I have nothing against the FDA. I used to be a consultant in in basically HIV immunology, and the, that that department was amazing. It really helped us. It helped me uh, as a as a patient. But um, th- there are two departments. One is the drug department, the, the cider, and another side is the biologics, anything that is injectable. Um, insulin is a biologic. FSH is a biologic. HCG is a biologic. Okay, Clomiphene is an oral. It's on this department. So it's between orals. So the, the injectable, the biologic side, is not as familiar, at least not from my point of view, with patient advocacy. They're trying right now. But they are really not fun of compounding. I have to say that. I'll say it on camera. I repeat it. Uh, and they're putting a lot of restrictions uh, on compounding. For instance, HCG, old drug, uh, or you know, very old biologic, maybe over 40 years old. Uh, FSH, old, old drug. Uh, both were, um, they were told, compounding pharmacies a year ago or a year and a half ago, to stop making them, even though they're generics, um, FSH is super expensive. The brand name is so uh, couples that are trying to reach fertility have to pay thousands of dollars for this, you know, for a cycle of FSH. So, and compounding was a really cheaper way to access that. So, no more FSH from compounding, no more ACG from compounding. Um, and that's actually, and some company pharmacies are selling HCG, and that's another story I don't want to get into. But really, the FDA ruling was that Empower, for instance, here in Houston, had to stop both. So, um, and that's only on the biologic side. We're going to have another issue, probably not, I hope not, but we probably will, on all hormones, 11 hormones, testosterone, estrogen, you name it, all hormones that are being compounded right now maybe limited very soon. The, the FDA paid um, this group to write a whole book on what is wrong with compounding. <laughs> and they wrote a big book, all kinds of references that compounding is not safe. So anyways, that book has been written and it may be used against uh, the industry sooner or later. We've been waiting, I'm an activist, and we've been waiting. COVID slowed everything down, thank God. The book actually came out before COVID. And now that COVID is gone, who knows when they may actually start hitting company. And that includes everything. That includes testosterone, includes, you name it, even the HEA, pregnolone, progesterone, estrogen for women. And women are definitely going to be the ones that get hit, are going to get hit the hardest because there are more compounded products for women. There's not a testosterone product approved in the United States for women. 
you can only get as a woman, you can only get it from compounding. So I even had a, a website um, and a petition rolling. But anyways, hopefully not. We're still waiting. Um, but I won't be surprised that uh, any time uh, this year we, we're going to hear like, hey, compounding, compounding pharmacies may be shut down completely um, and only sell, I don't know, OTC or generic orals, you know. Uh, and not um, biologics or or hormones. But I don't want to scare anybody right now. We do have access, men have access to pharmaceutical grade uh, testosterone. Obviously, most of us are buying testipionate from, we go to a Walgreens or, a, you know, or a CVS. So we're not going to be without testosterone, okay? Yeah. Uh, HCG, you still can get HCG as, as a pharma grade, pregnant, um, more expensive, like $280 now used to be, compounded uh, for $80 three years ago. So we're seeing changes in pricing and access. Telemedicine companies are having a harder time, um, obviously, prescribing different things. So even though there's more telemedicine, there's more TRT clinics out there, a lot more. There's also a, a restriction now that is starting to happen. And and it is it will time. I, I'm an activist. It'll, there'll be time, maybe this year, where I'm going to have to activate all men that are online, including your network, everybody's network, if this happens, because we will have to raise and and write petitions and even show up at the door of um, the FDA in, in Maryland, in Bethesda, which is something we used to do back in the days of <laughs> HIV. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I think, you know, telemedicine is here to stay. I definitely 100% agree with that. I don't, um, the only concern I have is access to cheaper and more economical medications that as I think we we will have some shakeups there. Uh, next thing on the list of things your doctor either may forget to tell you or I guess panic about is uh, elevated hematocrit. And I've seen I've seen doctors completely discontinue testosterone uh, after seeing this and then some of the the smarter ones will say just go donate blood. Uh, but this is definitely something, right, that that a lot of doctors don't mention before you start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, almost uh, I would say, I don't know, I haven't seen numbers, but from what I've seen from these camera labs, I would say 80% of men that have testosterone over seven, 800 have high hematocrit, you know, and that's normal because testosterone is a hemopoietic hormone, meaning it's a blood building hormone. It activates your bone marrow to make more red blood cells. It's just, that's what it does. Testosterone is well known back there. Back in the 40s and 50s, they were prescribing it for anemia, people that had low, low red blood cells. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's good to have more blood, red blood cells because you have more oxygen, um, you know, flowing through your body. But there is a point where viscosity of your blood may actually increase so much that, you know, your heart, which is a pump, uh, may actually be uh, pumping thicker blood. And the question really is, is what is high hematocrit? That really is the question. And I, <laughs> we spent three days in Dallas last weekend at the Andrology Conference, whole day talking about hematocrit. And believe it or not, there is not a study that we can pinpoint on what that high number is. Some of the researchers, by looking at anecdotal data and some uh, cohorts, say that 52 is probably the number for TRT. Um, and, but there's no proof whatsoever. Okay. So at least I can say that there's no proof. It could be 
what we say is that if you have metabolic disorder, if you're if you're overweight, you have high blood pressure at baseline. Uh, you may even have sleep apnea. 52 may be high for you, very high for you. But if you're a younger guy, thinner, no high blood pressure, 52 or 55 or 56, you can handle that better, okay? So we there's no agreement because also as men, we are, we're all different, you know, body shapes, weight, um, you know, genes, genetic, you know, cardiovascular disease. So once, what I'm seeing really is that, that some doctors are not monitoring as well. And the ones they are, are sending their guys too frequently to blood donation. And every time you donate blood, you lose some iron, you lose ferritin. And some of them are going every two months or even once a month and losing so much iron that they get tired, they have no sex drive, and they're wondering testosterone is not working. Really, it's not testosterone that is not working. You're anemic. So that is a big concern, okay? So the, the Red Cross really does not uh, recommend free, uh, donating more than every two and a half or so months, okay? For everybody, and these are for people that have normal. Um, another thing I'm seeing is that some men, believe it or not, don't have access to therapeutic phlebotomies in their towns. The doctors don't want to send them to um, phlebotomies, which is an order. You actually have to write or call in an order if your hematocrit is high, you're not accepted for a regular blood donation. Blood donations, I think they have a limit of maybe 52 or 51 hematocrit. They measure your hematocrit right there with a little brick, you know, machine, which is very inaccurate uh, when you go and donate blood. And if you're under 52, uh, for 52 for them, you're, you can donate blood like anybody else. If you mention that you're on testosterone, they freak out. Some blood centers <laughs> freak out. And you are barred from donation, even though yeah. FDA said, really, and it's written, it's public domain, that men with testosterone should not be, should can be, they can donate blood like anybody else. Why did they start yeah. freaking out? Why? Why did that start? They think, uh, they think that, <laughs> that having testosterone in your blood, you're actually going to contaminate the, the person receiving your blood as a donation, right? And the fact is... Even if you have 2,000 or 1,000 nanograms per deciliter, that's a very tiny amount in one unit of blood to make any change to the person receiving that blood donation, that one unit, does not make any hormonal change even in a pediatric, pediatric patient. So that's basically whoever is doing that, you know, rejecting, they're not following the rules because FDA said, do not do that. And secondly, some doctors... Um, don't, I don't know, don't ask me because I get emails from Excel mail or somebody, somebody in a small town saying, Nelson, I can't even get a fair, fair, therapeutic for blood of me. Either they're not accepting me and my doctor doesn't want to send the order. And one order is good for two years, at least here in Houston, two years. So, okay, you know, this whole hematocrit thing, the donations, it is really the big, for me, I think it's the biggest problem I see in the TRT world. Number one, for sure, by far, it's a number one side effect. Uh, some guys are okay. I've seen guys walking around with a 58. They don't have blood pressure issues. They don't have headaches. Um, they don't. They're not out of breath. You know, and those guys may do well long, 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 long term. You know, I mean, somebody says, "Well, we were not seeing heart attacks or or strokes in men on TRT. By this time, we should be seeing them." This is a long. A, a nature, uh, hematocrit of 58 
it's not going to kill you tomorrow. It's not going to kill you next year. It's a long-term kind of effect that not only happens on the heart, but blood pressure, uh, blood thickness, viscosity in, in general. Some people say, well, I don't believe that because there are people that live up in the uh, mountains in the Andes. And because there is less oxygen up there, you produce more red blood cells and they're walking around with high hematocrit and they're not dying. Okay. What people don't realize is that atmospheric pressure, uh, you know, here is not the same as atmospheric pressure up there. So you're exposing the arteries to diff a different pressure coming from the outside world. Partial pressure, oxygen pressure. So we're not talking about the same, the same animal. See, we're we're exposed to higher pressure at uh, sea level. So, anyways, um, yeah, this whole hematocrit, and actually, so much so that the androgen uh, conference, they're going to spend next year two days on hematocrit wow. because they're studying in and the UK is coming with that data. And this is, I'm just gonna say this for the first time because I still don't completely get the data, but they're thinking that the shorter acting esters like cipionate, enanthate, may bring in more hematocrit issues than a, a nevido, a vid, a testosterone on the canoate, which is injected every 10 weeks or so at a, in, the, in Europe is at a thousand milligrams. Every 10 weeks here is 700 uh, milligrams if they change that. So they're looking at data thinking that it's actually more, it's more beneficial for everybody to be on a long acting ester versus a shorter acting. And now that we're injecting more frequently here too, which that really shocked me. Uh, to be honest. And I'm not 100% sure that's true, but that's, that's where- kind of the opposite. Very, that's huh? the opposite of what we've told people <laughs> for years. You that's know, inject more frequently. <laughs> that's the opposite of what we're telling people. So, hey, the, the jury's still out, but- um, I'm going to actually interview the main researcher soon. Uh, he lives in, in London because we, we even had a little argument in at the conference. <laughs> but, um, but he, you know, they use testosterone on the canoe. They use Avid. It's called Avid or Nevido in, in, in Europe. Right? It's called Avid here. They use it a lot in Europe, a lot. So most of the data comes from that. And most of the data was paid by Bayer, who is the maker of testosterone on the canoid. So I don't know if there's, we have testosterone in the canoid here, injectable, heavy, and oral, you know, the orals, which haven't really uh, picked up much in the market yet. So that was, that's another interesting thing that most of us don't, I don't know anybody taking the orals, you know. I've so. had, I've had one doctor clinic reach out and, and want me to talk about it with them on the, on the show. And everything I've ever heard is that it's, it's bad for your liver. Have, do you, do you know differently? I mean, is this newer? No, stuff? no, these products are Jatenso. They were approved by FDA. There are three, uh, Lando, Jatenso. Jatenso just the company had to go under. Somebody else bought it. Um, does, no, not at all. Not at all. The, the liver enzymes don't increase. Um, uh, you have to take basically uh, two capsules twice a day on a full stomach with fat, um, uh, fat in the in the meal. Um, but the guys, you know, I know only one person. He's got 600 nanograms of testosterone in his blood, so it doesn't bring you up to like the testosterone injection levels, yeah. but it brings you up enough, you know. So, um, and Canada has had oral testosterone on the canoe for for easily 25, 30 years. So why do you think it's so, not more popular here? 
It's not more popular just for because of one reason. Insurance companies did not um, accept them in their formulary, even there were, even though there were. If I try because I want to try everything, I I want to try every single testosterone product <laughs> just for the hell of it. And I tried to get a prescription for either one of those three. There are three orals, and my insurance companies uh, and my insurance company is good did not uh, approve. And my doctor had to write a you know necessity letter, uh, whatever. It did not work. So I lost, I couldn't access me. I could not access them. So those insurance companies, those companies are having a hard time for some reason. I think pricing is the same as the jails, as the Android jails. So I don't understand. I mean, I met a, a company in, in Dallas and they're saying they're, they're getting better. They try again, Nelson, because really the formulary is... But yeah, it was a formulary issue. Most men, most, most men think that testo- oral testosterone is bad for your liver. So you have to re-educate uh, everybody. So that takes a while. And um, and I tell you, um, most men just want to inject because they feel better and they have they, more muscle mass. I mean, there are yeah. studies comparing injections with gels, and there is that big difference in the amount of muscle mass that you gain and strength. Because obviously you you reach higher levels. There's a subset of guys out there that's you know a little bit apprehensive to inject that would probably love to start either go the clomid uh, clomid route, which is what they do, thinking they're going to feel better, and they don't. Uh, or uh, an oral. I get asked all the time, "Hey, I'm a little bit nervous." You know, um, I I hate injecting. I I don't like needles at this point in my life. You know, I don't know. It's probably like. 25 injections a week. So I'm, I'm getting more used to it. I don't like it. If there was a pill I could take and maintain the same levels and the muscle mass and everything, I would switch. Me too. I take pills twice a day. You know, I have HIV. I have all kinds of stuff and I take a lot of supplements twice a day. So it would not change my life. Yeah. They're kind of horse, horse uh, <laughs> capsules. Those, uh, the testosterone ones are because they're oil based. But I wouldn't mind at all. Just I want to try them. So I'm probably going to try again to get at least with uh, the Jatenso product or the Tlando. Tlando, I'm even pronouncing it wrong. It's just a weird name. Um, Tlando does not have any requirements of uh, fat in the in the meal. But I eat fat. You know, fat is your friend if you if you pick the right fats, right? So, but I will be trying it because I'm I'm curious. Even if I have 700 nanograms, I run around 1100, and my hematocrit is is being stable for years because I've been on testosterone for 40 years, I guess. Um, and you you do your body gets used to it like everything else that your hematocrit stabilizes. My HDL is good. I, you know, I follow my blood work, but I would like to try the orals. I really would. So, next uh, popular question I see. Does TRT help you lose weight? And this is one that I think is a little a little tricky, but I'll let you give me your take on it. It's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. Yeah, it it will not help you lose weight by itself uh, unless you know you you start. It is it is lipotropic, meaning testosterone does have in in studies an effect in diabetes, especially men. Most of the data, the good, strong data we have in testosterone comes from men with diabetes. So with men with diabetes, the effect is dramatic. Their blood sugar is better controlled. They need less insulin. They lose weight. They do lose weight. So men with diabetes, are, we have really strong data that they lose fat, they lose weight. 
their glucose, their glycemic control is better. Their uh, insulin consumption is, is decreased, et cetera, et cetera. So, but normal men, men with normal glucose control, um, that may be a little overweight, but not, you know, uh, that's, it's really hard to, to, to prove there. And especially men that are not working out. I mean, if you're working, most guys that get on the injections, um, they're trying a little harder. They, they say, okay, I'm going to start going to the gym. I'm going to start uh, watching what I eat. So, but we haven't really studied that population. But I do believe that having low testosterone will make you more prone to gaining weight easily and fat easily, okay? And something else that guys don't, don't accept, and maybe doctors are saying, the researchers, is like one of the factors that really makes you lose weight is having more estrogen, which comes from testosterone. Most people think it's the opposite, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I like that answer. Um, you know, I think even if you take away, if you optimize your testosterone, optimize your hormones, your body's just functioning better, you know, um, take that away. And it's still like you're saying, a lot of guys, they're trying a little harder. They're getting that extra boost, that extra ambition, that extra bit of energy that they need to pay more attention to it. So, you know, maybe directly it, it doesn't, but most guys that are on it, their, their physique, their body composition does change for the, the better. Oh, yeah. Um, IM versus sub-Q. What's your preference? Are you a sub-Q guy? I'm a shallow IM guy. Okay. <laughs> um, what is that? It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a hybrid of IM and sub-Q. Uh, subcutaneous injections, uh, we have good data. Uh, I have good data. I mean, basically, it's the same. You get even better blood levels, it's less painful. Uh, you don't have to use two needles. We Back in the days when I injected, back in the days, I would use a, 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 a 18 gauge needle to load my syringe, change it with a 23 gauge or 25 sometimes and inject on my glutes. I would do that every yeah. week for, I don't know, 20 years. And then obviously um, we started getting some data from the transgender community. There was a study done uh, where they were injecting under the skin with a 27 gauge syringe and they were getting great uh, blood levels. So we all started switching there. I did not like the fact that I would get redness on my belly or yeah, it's just, I don't like anybody asking me, what is that? What are you doing? You know, I, that one, I, I don't keep it down low. Everybody knows, but it's just not nice. So I started doing it. Also, I had a horrible uh, neurological disease. I'm not going to talk too much about it because it's traumatic. That's screwed up my, my right hand. And I have my left hand is fine. So I, I needed something that I could use my left hand, only one hand. Yeah. And I could inject. So I started injecting at 90 degrees with a 27 gauge, half an inch syringe. 90 degrees. I didn't feel any pain, no redness, nothing. I mean, it's, it's just great. I use the same shoulder. I have been using this shoulder <laughs> for five years because obviously I cannot hold. Yeah. So, and I'm, nothing is happening. But you know? Nelson, what so, about scar tissue formation? I don't know, man. I mean, well, I would like some scar tissue, man. I mean, I would like some big sh shoulders, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, no, nothing at all. And I, I'm injecting the same, the same delt, you know. Uh, it's not any harder than this one. I don't even feel any nodules. 
So the 90 degree um, with a shallow, it's really perfect for me. I mean, it's really the answer. And a lot of my guys on Excel Mail are using it because they're, like I said, the injections under the skin. You can actually use shallow AM on your quads if you're careful. I'm not a quad guy. I've I've used shallow AM to on my hip because it's only half an inch. You could do that. Uh, there are many other ways. The delts are, you know, some people say, well, I, my, my shoulders are too skinny. There are other areas in the body where you have a mu- some muscle. Uh, obviously, you don't want to do shallow AM in your abs. That's pretty <laughs> dangerous, half an inch. But yeah, yeah. And the data is good, man. So there's no need to be suffering so much with the, the deep IMs and using 23 gauge, 21 gauge. Or stressing about it. You know, that's that's like probably the number top three ask questions in, in my network. And it's, I don't care where you put it, just put it wherever you're comfortable, you know, go yeah, in your head, right. go in your leg, your stomach, I put it in your peck if you want to, I, whatever, just, yeah. just do That's it. Some guys bleed, bleed out easily in some areas or they're sore. Uh, you know, delts work for me. I don't know. I'm not, I, I do it twice a week. I do 50 milligrams twice a week. Uh, HCG 500 I use twice a week just to keep my 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 sex drive going. When I run out of HCG, uh, I disconnect from the from my sex life. For yeah. don't know it's it's for me it's black and white. I know some guys say oh I don't feel anything, but I also believe that a lot of doctors are under prescribing HCG. The dose is too low. If I if I inject anything under 500, I don't feel it, and my testicles don't they're not full you know total per week or 500 twice a week yes a thousand i use total a week and some guys need more you know the the study here at baylor the lip study he he was the first one to try that men on testosterone injections and gels that uh, were losing or lost their sperm count they couldn't get their their um, their ladies uh um, pregnant he add hcg to the trt three times a week and measure their sperm and um, production 66% normalized their sperm uh, 33% didn't those that didn't were older men that had been on testosterone for the longest time so it doesn't work on everybody <laughs> actually I'm, I'm 64 using testosterone for a long time it should not be working on me <laughs> so um so yeah say but for and he was the first one to say hey we do not have to stop testosterone if a guy comes to me and says, hey, I want to I get my wife pregnant. We don't have to stop it. They used to stop it, put you on plummet, and and give you probably some Viagra because you may not have any sex drive. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody at the conference, I'm going to say some, a doctor, a well-known doctor, and I'm going to repeat his name very well. Uh, we're having dinner. He says, you know, we we're, this world is changing so much. Now I can give my guys um, testosterone, semaglutide, which is a weight loss drug. We haven't talked about it. Uh, and Cialis. And that's it, man. Metabolically, uh, their quality of life, they lose weight. What glorious times. <laughs> <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> Um, what about administration methods? Are there any administration administration methods that you just say steer clear from pellets, gels, creams, anything like that? Like what? Like what? Pellets like what? or gels or? or- oh, I get it. I get it. Pellets are a ripoff. 
If you are, there are some paradise that are compounded, they're cheaper. Testopel is super expensive as a ripoff. Um, unless you're, I guess, unless you're a pilot or you have a lifestyle that you don't have much time. I hear somebody told me pilots love uh, pellets. Pilots land the plane at some point. Don't ask me. This is, but they're traveling with their gear, you know, they don't. Um, but they also, there's, there's uh, a bead, which is every 10, eight to 10 weeks injection. Now, um, uh, gels and creams, obviously the guys are, 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 they have a, a female partner and they're having sex with them. I would be concerned about transference. You know, um, you know, you're having put your gel and then you're having sex with your girl and you transfer or you're, or you're holding your kids, um, the transference effect is, or fear is there. It's, it's, it's very, uh, pellets, to be honest with you, pellets are hard to titrate. Once you're in, they, uh, very few doctors are good with pellets. So some of them extrude, they come out of, they pop out of the insertion site. I've, mm-hmm. I've tried pellets. Um, or it gives you a humongous, like hematoma, like a, you know, bruise that on your butt, because it's usually up here that it takes weeks for it to go away and the price is high. So I don't see why anybody would use pellets. Women, on the other hand, pellets, because they require very low testosterone dosing, it may be a thing for them that actually works fine. So uh, gels, as I said, transference, there are some creams, uh, Empower has one that I tried. My testosterone went up to 1200 with a good vehicle, it's uh, the Atrevis, it's called Atrevis um, um, base. So there's some creams that can really take you up there. But, you know, I don't like injecting either, by the way. If it was for me, um, yeah, yeah, I don't like, I don't like the twice a week. I mean, some guys are injecting daily. I think it's a thing now. Oh my God. It's almost like being a diabetic, you know? Yeah. yeah. In my world, back in the days, we, and I'm not going <laughs> to, I was injecting a medication to to keep my life to keep me alive twice a twice a day, okay, for three years, and that was a drug that I needed to stay alive, and even that drug gave us what we call uh, needle fatigue. We use that term a lot in research. Needle fatigue. Yeah, you're great the first year. Okay, I'll keep doing it. I'm a, I'm a strong guy. I have discipline, but after a while, your mind starts playing games with you. You start missing doses. You're just sick and tired, or you just, you know, if you're injecting subcutaneously every day, you know, there's there's issues there with redness. So I'm not, people are crazy about it. This is a trendy thing now, daily injections of testosterone. I mean, the researchers in the 30s and 40s, they they created esters on purpose so that they last longer in your body. <laughs> so anyways, I, I, I don't get me started. That There's a lot. I mean, Excel Mail. There are a lot of guys on daily injections and more power to them if they want to do it. But I doubt that long term they're going to be able to stick, not pun intended, yeah. stick with it. I've tried it and it's I don't enjoy it, not just from a, a fear of needles standpoint, but, you know, like you're saying, just the fatigue. I'm tired of doing it. I don't I want to skip today because I, I just don't want to stick myself. It's tough. What about uh, injecting every two weeks? Is that something that you're still seeing doctors prescribe? Yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yes, oh yes, yes. Uh, a primary care doctors, yeah, yeah. Still, because don't blame them. It is in the package insert, in a little package insert of Cepionate, which is a generic or anything, is there. It's 
every two weeks. So they're following the rule. The, 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 and, you know, and 200, I used to inject every two weeks for easily maybe five years, um, 200 milligrams. I think I did okay. I mean, it, it, I don't remember, but I, <laughs> I did okay. Uh, but then we started seeing that, you know, if, um, at the, at the end of, uh, like by day 12, 13, okay, 14 days, you definitely have a dip in your, in your, so I, you know, that once a week, I think once a week is good enough. Cpionate and Ampate, if you're injecting propionate, though, obviously it's more frequent because the half life is shorter. Have you done uh, that? Yeah. It's a little painful and it increased my blood pressure, uh, too much. Um, I, I used to get headaches. Yeah. Uh, I've tried also something that is quick and it brings your testosterone high up is nasal, like uh, the Natesto. Uh, you do like a spray twice a day. What's the downside? Man. Oh, man. I mean, it, your testosterone goes up to 1100 right away, like within 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it starts going down and then you have to do another hit. It's just like carrying around uh, a vial of cocaine with you <laughs> you know or or afrin but um i know i got sinus uh congestion a lot of even got a little pimple inside my my nose um but some guys uh, some doctors are prescribing it along with injections uh for um before going to the gym or before having sex wow okay okay <laughs> off off level use uh to have a bump in your testosterone <laughs> right before you, your whatever. So uh, I guess there is a place for it, but yeah, not uh, not too crazy about it. <laughs> okay. Well, the next thing that uh, your doctor may not tell you is that TRT can make your sleep apnea worse. Do we know why? Well, you know, TRT has a central effect in the brain. Nobody has explained it completely, but there are two types of sleep apnea, right? There is obstructive which is right here, especially guys that have neck sizes of more than 16, 17, and a lot of us do, especially if you gain muscle necks, you know, is, and uh, it, you basically obstruct your airflow when you're sleeping, especially if you're sleeping on your back, tell people don't sleep on your back, and you're keeping your partner awake because you're snoring like a pig. So <laughs> that's a, that's, that's um, obstructive. Testosterone, may not worsen that uh, part of the sleep apnea. You actually, if you start losing weight, getting in shape, as weight loss improves sleep apnea. But there's a biggest effect on sleep apnea, a beneficial effect. But there's a central effect that testosterone also has of affecting um, the way the tongue and the muscle, the soft tissue in the throat closes and opens. So... For that, definitely testosterone can worsen it. People, guys with sleep apnea also have the biggest problem with hematocrit, increases in hematocrit, because their bodies are already starved for oxygen, especially at night, um, and 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 smokers too, because you're starving your, your body from oxygen. So the body's saying, let's make more red blood cells. So those guys, if when they get on testosterone, they have a nightmare experience with the high hematocrit. So um, there is a contraindication that most doctors don't even remember to put a man on, that has sleep apnea on testosterone. If you're on a CPAP that is well calibrated, yeah, sure, you can get on testosterone. You're already taking care of the issue there. Um, but if you're not on a CPAP, 
or if you're on a CPAP but you don't use it every day, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of <laughs> a lot of people I know, uh, you'll have more problems with uh, with on testosterone, with hematocrit, blood pressure. I mean, sleep apnea is the number one killer of of men. Many, not number one, but top in the United States, and the, the most underdiagnosed problem that we have. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to be overweight to have sleep apnea. It can actually run in the families that, and they're they're thin people that have sleep apnea. So that's another thing that we have to get over the fact that we only only fatter people or you know heavier people have sleep apnea. Have you ever slept with a CPAP mask? I tried it for three <laughs> days. Well, got claustrophobic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because um, I had very smart, very mild sleep apnea. I mean, they, I had to do three tests that they couldn't, so I didn't, I didn't use it. Um, but I don't, I don't have sleep apnea. I measure what I do now, and that really works. Is that I measure my oxygen. I have a ring that measures my oxygen levels through sleep, and it sends that info to my my iPhone or Bluetooth. And when I wake up, I see the graph of how many dips I've had. And I'm, I'm, thank God, I'm pretty good. I'm bad at uh, going to bed late and all that. That I do, and I, sh- I should know better. But I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to check, check that out. I've never seen any device like that. It's a ring, just like a, a wedding ring. It's a ring. It doesn't bother you. Your sleep, like you know, you don't even remember it's there. Yeah, and you obviously uh, have an app. Um, yeah, yeah. And in the morning, uh, you, when you take it off. The data is sent to the to the app, and it graphs it. Uh, the dips, how, how low you went on oxygen, and how many dips you had, and the percentage, and it's, it, it it gives you an index that really is indicative of apnea. Because that really is a sleep apnea test. Think about it. I mean, I went to the to the test I went to were a nightmare. So it would hook you up with all this crap, <laughs> which is like who's going to sleep with all that crap on their you know yeah. their head like. Who's going to sleep? They didn't even let me take uh, Ambien, uh, which, so for me, it was a nightmare. And really, I didn't sleep. So, um, but anyways, this oxygen thing, I really, truly believe. Uh, I, I'll send, or we can send, we can post information in the in the comment section of the, yeah. the video or the podcast. So this next one um, is one of the probably top three most common unknown factors and that is that you don't need a doctor's a doctor's visit to get your labs done right and yeah yeah and you can go you discountedlabs.com is is somewhere you can go you can purchase and mm-hmm. print off a lab requisite and then you can walk in you can monitor your own your own blood work right yeah yeah and my prices are the best i do it on purpose my margins are the lowest in the industry i do have competitors um but basically um and, you know, I cover the entire country except uh, New York State, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. There are three states who not allow uh, direct-to-consumer companies to sell. I don't know. Don't ask me. That's uh, <laughs> I tell people, New Yorkers get upset. So why don't you? It's like, well, no, go and talk to your legislators. They're the ones yeah. that didn't even ask you. They, they just made up their mind. Um, but they can drive to uh, Connecticut or Pennsylvania or Massachusetts. You know, you can drive to to your uh, to a state that actually is covered, but anyways, yeah, wherever you live, if you I, I work with Quest Diagnostics, so if you have a Quest next nearby, uh, you buy it on Discounted Labs. Um, usually, I have a sale 
uh, testosterone hormone free with done by liquid chromatography, which is really the gold standard. Is it, they has it doesn't have an upper or lower limit, uh, and it really has no interactions. There are some guys taking high doses of biotin supplements for hair uh, growth that can in, interfere with the regular testosterone test that most um, clinics use, uh, the ECLA, and it. You don't want that. You want the liquid chromatography mass spectrometry, total and free testosterone, because it does not have interactions. It's the most effective. It doesn't cost that much more. I sell it for $44 and the lowest price in the whole country. Um, and you go and test your own testosterone. If you're titrating at home, changing doses, you don't have to go to a doctor. You know, I would say if you're changing a dose, just wait at least three to four injections to retest just to see what the dose did because there's such a thing as steady state that you have to reach. Or, you know, or if you want to check your hematocrit, you can buy a hematocrit test for $9 in this kind of labs and see whether or not you, you it's time for, um, for donation or not. I have a blood donation panel. If you get a blood, if you do a blood donation and you want to see whether or not you depleted your iron or your hematocrit and your uh, ferritin, uh, you can do that too. I mean, I know the market, I know testosterone. So a lot of the panels that I created are for that purpose. Catering to those patients. Women too. Yeah. Yeah. Too. I, I do have a lot of hormone um, panels for women. That is nice yeah. because you go to discounted labs and you, I mean, I think you've got a bodybuilding panel, right? And you've got a pre TRT yeah. and post TRT. A lot of the other your competitors, they don't. So you really have to know what you're looking for. Whereas you, because you you are the father of testosterone of TRT, <laughs> you you uh, you name them intuitively. So it's nice to go on there. Yeah, it, it is panels that I have used for my own care, and I see the best doctors like Lipschultz and you know Kara and Morgan Taylor and and Basine. All those big names, they, I know those people and I know more or less what their, what lab tests are prescribing. And I, the guys at Defy. So I, I, it's not only me. I get knowledge from a lot of the doctors that I definitely, um, in contact with. So I'm not, I'm not any smarter or any dumber than anybody else. I just <laughs> is obsessed with the whole concept. And you, you know, and your guys can get a, a discount, right? Uh, Brandon. Yeah. Brandon, uh, 15. Brandon 15, 15% off if you use the, the, the coupon Brandon 15 altogether. Cool. So um, what about doctors that only check your total testosterone levels at that first visit? This is what happened to me 10 years ago. Well, you know, you're in the wrong, in the wrong place. And they do it right, right there on site, right? If you go, especially here in Texas, if you go to some of those, uh, come here, inject here clinics, they'll, I actually heard recently 45 minutes North of me, they did a drive through free total testosterone check. They were, I'm, I'm assuming they were just pricking people's fingers as they drove through in their cars. They were going back and spinning it up, coming back and give them their total number and then saying, come on, yeah, man, the, we can get you started. The, the, the finger, the finger prick, um, <laughs> Dry spot, they call it blood and drive spot, is so so inaccurate, so inaccurate. The ones that are uh, all the companies send you a kid home and you do that, 
so inaccurate, or saliva, even more inaccurate, more uh, less uh, accurate. So yeah, they're running the, the and well, if their goal is to sell you testosterone, then you know something that on, uh, underestimates a number is probably good for business. But now, I mean, the way to go is to do the liquid chromatography or you LC slash MS mass spectrometry. That's gold standard. There's no interference. You're doing. Yeah, you're using the what researchers use, um, and it's available on Quest and LabCorp. So, um, in this discounted lab video, you also mentioned that some men did not get benefits from TRT, and that some medications are to blame. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, who wouldn't benefit, and then what meds would interfere? Yeah, you know that's a that's such a good question, and the fact is that uh, you know if you're taking uh, blood pressure meds, including not ACE inhibitors or like lisinopril or, or ARBs are okay. They're friendly. Beta blockers, yeah. Beta blockers definitely decrease sex drive, uh, decrease uh, penile sensitivity. That's important because, you know, you <laughs> may get an erection, but you don't feel anything when you have yeah. sex. Or when you're masturbating, and a lot of guys uh, complain of that. So, um, yeah, blood pressure meds are number one. Antidepressants can affect uh, penile sensitivity and orgasmic dysfunction, meaning your plane is trying to take off, you feel your clothes, you feel close, and it never takes off, you never reach orgasm. That's very typical, some antidepressants, but I have to say, if you need one, I'm not anti against antidepressants. I've used them when I've gone through crisis in my life. <laughs> like let's say, and well, butrin is a good one that doesn't have those side effects. So, and Trintelex is another one that is is a fancy one, but it doesn't doesn't have effects on sex drive. And so I'm not saying uh, antipsychotics, uh, antiepileptics. Uh, people have seizures that affects increases prolactin too. Uh, you name it. Um, uh, yeah, but mostly out of all some statins. I'm not against statins. I, I won't take one, maybe because I'm lucky enough not to need them. But some statins may actually decrease your natural production of testosterone because we need cholesterol for testosterone production. Um, but the guys on TRT obviously already are adding testosterone to their bodies. So yeah, I have a list on Excel Mail, but beta blockers, man, uh, block thinners. You know, cardiovascular drugs, which yeah. we have to take. If you have an MI, a heart attack, uh, you better take your meds, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah your your penis is important, but I tell you, <laughs> your, your life expectancy is important too. So, it, you know, that's, uh, but yeah, the antidepressants too, you know, if you are suicidal, take them antidepressants. You know, then you can take a care of uh, your 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 sex drive eventually. So I don't I don't really want to demonize any medications. But yeah. And so whenever whenever you say that that not not everyone gets the benefits from TV, TRT, it's you're more so speaking to not everyone gets all of the benefits. If you if you inject the testosterone, your testosterone levels are going to increase. You're going to get some benefits, but maybe your libido suffers because of other medications. I don't know, Brandon. I think some guys that feel worse with the really? shelter. Oh yeah, properly dialing them in. They they still, yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. On Excel mail, maybe because we we have a biased uh, sample of the world, right? When somebody comes to the forum, 
they don't come to a forum because they feel great, right? They're, they're coming to a forum because they feel like shit. Some of them obviously are not on testosterone, they're exploring. So they come to the forum and ask questions. Some of them are already on testosterone, having all kinds of side effects like anxiety gets worse than some men. Uh, tachycardia gets worse. I'm telling you, I see a lot more than most people want to admit. <laughs> um, yeah, those two, anxiety and tachycardia. Yeah, I've, uh, I've um, seen those two. I just, I just always assume that that they haven't given it long enough or that they're not properly dialing themselves in. But yeah, I defer. I mean, you've seen it all. If, if I wish, I wish I had an opinion about it. Uh, I don't think we have studied. Uh, I think uh, we're seeing, starting to see data on what we call polymorphisms. Some of us have more, better polymorphisms in our genes that makes, makes, us, makes us more prone to feeling better on testosterone. And some of us don't. And that's, I think, is going to be the next step in medicine. We're looking at the genetic effects of and, and the predictability of certain medications depending on your genes. We're, we're starting to see data, not on testosterone, for everything else. We're all starting to see data, really strong data, and they're selling kits now for that on your how your liver metabolizes some drugs. Uh, some of us um, metabolize testosterone a lot more slowly. Some of us a lot more faster, where the fast fast converters are called. They need more testosterone. To um, we're also seeing data for the first time that bigger guys probably need higher doses. Uh, so there's a correlation between BMI and dosing. So there's a lot of stuff, man. That's why we're so, everybody's so different. I would say in general, testosterone, if you have low testosterone, if that's a big if. Yeah. If you start testosterone with normal testosterone just because you want to put on muscle, yeah, you'll put on muscle. You won't probably get more sex right, or maybe you will. If you're younger, maybe you'll respond better. If you have high blood pressure and you, uh, metabolic issues, oops, sorry, um, you probably feel better, but a lot of guys don't feel better. A lot of guys have to get off testosterone. And that's something I want to say uh, in interviews like this, because I have seen it and nothing they do improves their, their, uh, their feeling, you know, they have to get off of it. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Last question. What would you say the biggest mistake for new TRT patients is? Thinking well, probably thinking that it's a magic bullet, and and for doctors to that are telemedicine, especially overselling the the benefits. Um, you know that I made that three minute video just to tell people, hey, your doctor may not be telling you this. <laughs> you know, because especially uh, when it's cash business, cash clinics. So I think um, what I see a lot of younger guys and. I would say a lot more younger guys are on testosterone. I, I was very, very um, amused, not amused, amazed, amazed <laughs> that my traffic on Excel mail peaks at 35. Yeah. 25 to 35 is the highest traffic. And then 35 down starts going down. Anybody over 55, I guess, is not online. I guess all guys like me are not online. So I thought when I created the site that it was going to be more older guys. So everywhere I go now is mostly the 20 somethings that are looking for testosterone. Either they already have low testosterone, and that's another 
another discussion, another interview, what may be happening there. We're seeing some data that younger guys are having lower testosterone. But I have to say, um, overselling the testosterone benefits and having uh, men that uh, don't want to look at other sides of their lives, uh, like their lack of sleep, their bad relationship, their stress, uh, and nothing is going to cure that, not an injection, nothing. I think other guys expect testosterone to do all the work that they refuse to do in other areas. And I see a lot of, um, uh, yeah, disappointed, disappointed guys that think uh, they're going to feel like Superman. Yeah. There's always um, there's always a honeymoon phase for everything in life, for medications, for relationships, for everybody. And the testosterone has a honeymoon phase. All of us. It's a new, your receptors are like, you know, you're receiving this wave of new <laughs> compound. And then obviously your receptors start getting used to it and balancing. And then, you know, you feel okay, but you don't feel like, oh, Nelson, that first month, man, that first month, I want to feel that way again. It's like, oh, man. Anyway, so and so they keep looking for what is, the, what are they doing wrong, or they need to bring in. Sometimes they're bringing HCG. That gives them another little bit of a honeymoon phase again. But HCG, at least for me, is, is it always works. I mean, you're doing it for a few years. And I know it, does, it works because when I'm not using it. That's when you realize something works. So we're getting used to something, but you stop using it. It's like, oh shit, you know, yeah. I don't have that anymore. But I would say the number one problem I see is the is high expectations and the lack of, of, of explanation from the physician to say, hey, these are the things I've been seeing, but there are other potential problems or it may not work for you. And that's why I say for some people, testosterone doesn't work and i was and so i couldn't say that even at the andrology conference because they're so pro-testosterone <laughs> everything was beautiful you know everything was like i've never seen a bunch of research issues like a kumbaya about testosterone. No, there's, there's not not everything about testosterone is good man anyway yeah. well i definitely appreciate all your insights um I think I think I'd like to follow up and have that conversation about what's happening happening with the younger generation and why the T levels. So, uh, anytime you're down, let's let's talk about that. All right. Oh, enjoy, man. I mean, thanks for having me, and yeah, let's do some more of these. I like your new setup, by the way. It looks very cool. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to to you know look a little bit more professional. I've never been real big on video, but I I have to. Google is or uh, YouTube's like the second biggest. Man, you should, man. You're 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 a star. I mean, there are guys out there <laughs> doing that, this work that should not be doing it. They're saying <laughs> we talk about expectations. They're really giving too much expectation, too many expectations yeah. or wrong information. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community.